This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minter, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Dunstan's got it! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now, your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholtz and sports director Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. We are ready to rock here just a couple of weeks away from the new year. One week away from Christmas. Absolutely. I go home soon. I'm Matt McMaster, by the way, not sports director Caleb Henry. What? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry Sorry for the people at home. <laughs> That's right. That is Matt McMaster. We've got Kenny Larrabee back in studio as well. He's got the Facebook Live going at KLIN Huskers. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Caleb is off this week. Uh, and we've got a real treat for you this morning. One of our favorite guests every year. Uh, he's joining us right now live from Kansas City as Nebraska takes on K-State later today. It is Husker play-by-play man and uh, general broadcasting legend Kent Pavelka here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Kent, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Sounds like you guys got a cast of thousands there. It's it's a it's a skeleton crew today, but we, we do have... Uh, we we do okay. We do okay. We 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 do well for ourselves. <laughs> we we try. We try to at least. So hey, I want to get the fun part out of the way first, Kent. Describe your emotions when you got to call that Creighton win, the, especially that second half where, I mean, Nebraska just kept punching and punching and just just kind of buried Creighton there at the end. Yeah, I think the most satisfying thing as I look back on it is just the exasperation on the body of the body language and on the faces of the Creighton players and the Creighton fans, you know, uh, none of them expected Nebraska to, to even compete very, very, very well, um, at the CHI center. Now, you know, the last, what, six in a row, uh, Nebraska is a third straight team to beat them. So, I mean, in retrospect, it's probably not as, um, uh, emotionally valuable, shall I say, <laughs> as it was in the moment. But in the moment, it was the best. I mean, it had been 18 years, as you guys know, since Nebraska won a game against Creighton in Omaha. And I was kidding Jake about it. Uh, you know, if, if it's 18 more years before the next one, I'll be 91. So you can <laughs> you can understand why it was a pretty <laughs> pretty satisfying day for me. Absolutely, yeah. I, Hey, uh, with with that performance, I think a lot of folks obviously pointed to Derek Walker uh, as a huge factor for for why they won that game and obviously why they've been successful since he returned. Uh, but other than his presence, what do you think's been the difference this season for Nebraska's early season success? Well, I think that game was emblematic of of what you're asking about, um, and it hasn't been available consistently. But it was the two man game between. Sam Greasel and, and, and Derek Walker. I mean, you know, that strategically, uh, Creighton didn't have an answer for a six, seven guard posting up on the block. And those two, you know, they can get the ball back and forth to each other on pocket passes. They, they just are, you know, they act like they, they, they look like they've played together for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, and then just the defensive, uh, intensity, um, and buy in by the team, uh, as far as playing like their coach to play, it's been, I think those are the two things that have been most impressive and responsible for, you know, them being so competitive. Kent, first off, absolute honor and pleasure talking to you this morning. Really appreciate you, you coming on. Second off, to begin the season, you know, we, we kind of knew, and, and Coach Hoiberg had talked about it coming into it, that they were going to focus more on defense. But ever since they got Derek Walker back, it's it's more than just an emphasis. It is it is the team's identity. Did you anticipate that defense would be such a big part of this team uh, going into the season? Or, or were you kind of caught off guard, especially off the, after that Creighton game? No, I saw it coming because I kept, you know, I, I have watched them since, probably June uh, when I started coming down to watch practice. And I could tell with Vandemel and Gary, uh, 
the addition of those two guys, that that was going to give equip them to, to play defense the way they could potentially play defense. Of course, I didn't know about Sam at that point, what he would add to the mix, because uh, he was still coming off his uh, his his operation, his hip operation, and uh, didn't see him so much in the summer. But, yeah, I, I just saw the buy-in and the athleticism and the want-to on the defensive end early. And, um, of course, you, you know, you never know how that's going to translate uh, once the season starts, but it really, really has. I one of the things that I think has caught me off guard uh, has been the way Nebraska's rebounded, and it's not just been Derek Walker coming back; he is their leading rebounder per game. But Juwan Gary and Emmanuel Bandamel are two and three on that list, and Greasel's right there as well. You have those four guys all averaging over five and a half boards per game. That was a huge factor against Creighton. It's a huge factor in in what kept Nebraska in that Purdue game all the way through overtime as well. the The rebounding has to be up there as for you know the the secret sauce to Fred Hoiberg's uh, success so far this year, right? Absolutely, no question about it. And they made a concerted effort after making a a decision to you know number one. Uh, not necessarily head back to the defensive end after every shot, mm-hmm. although they did a lot of that against Creighton. But um, they were they had they decided they were equipped to to hit the offensive blast this year yeah. with with Gary and and you know and with Walker and with the the big guard. I mean, Sam's a really good rebounder. So um, they're just more they're just more physical. They they're not real big. I mean, they're positionally big, but they're physically equipped to rebound is, I guess, the way I'd put it. So I want to get a little bit on the bench as well uh, with start with Casey Tominaga. Is he just more comfortable this year? What do you think has led to his being a more effective three-point shooter in 22-23? Well, Coach Hoiberg uh, attributes a lot of it to his playing on the Japanese national team this last summer. Mm -hmm. Um, The experience he got there. And, you know, one of the things that's really been pleasing to, from my perspective to watch him play is, you know, you think of Casey as being kind of a defensive liability just intrinsically because of his size. And, and you know, he wasn't great defensively last year, but boy, is he ever a pest, you know? <laughs> he, I mean, he just is. He just shows up and he's got the ball or deflects the ball. And then on the offensive end, his ability to, you know, pump fake and take the ball in the paint and, and hit floaters. Uh, he, he's so much better at that than I thought he would be. So, yeah, he's become a heck of a tool off the bench, no doubt. So, Ken, you know, moving towards, you know, later today when, when the Huskers take on Kansas State, Kansas State 9-1 and one, hasn't necessarily beaten Murderer's Row in terms of their schedule, but still been able to pull out a lot of wins. What, what do you think that the Huskers have to do tonight in order to pull out a victory? Well, I, I, that's a, that's a good question. I number one, they got to deal with uh, Keontae Johnson, um, the transfer from Florida, the the young man who had a heart issue and and actually came to Lincoln. And yeah. I think that they would like to have had him in Lincoln, but K State took him with his medical issues. Um, he's a really good player, SEC Player of the Year two years ago before his health situation. So you're going to have to deal with him. And it'll be interesting to see how they decide to try to defend him. And then Kansas State um, really wants to speed up the game. Uh, so, you know, tempo is going to be important. And then I think, uh, you know, Kansas State tends to be not the soundest team defensively. I mean, they're so athletic that they'll gamble and, and you know, do a lot of switching. And I think you have opportunities to – burn them a little bit when they become unsound defensively. So those are the things I'll be watching. A couple more minutes here with Husker play-by-play man Kent Pavelka here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, a couple guys that we haven't touched on, uh, and, and one of them playing right up there with the most minutes of the of the, the team uh, on a per-game basis, C.J. Wilcher. Uh, he's, he's had some games where he's been hot. He's had some games where he's struggled. Uh, is consistency the 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 last frontier, if you will, for for CJ? It is, I think, and he probably would agree about that. I mean, he had 
he, he looked really good at Indiana, and then he didn't do much against Purdue, you know. And um, I, I thought before the season started that if you were going to talk about two keys, the wild cards would be how C.J. Wilcher and, and Wilhelm Breidenbach played as sophomores if, in fact, they – you know, stepped up and had a significantly better second year than their first year, then, you know, this team could be just dynamite. I don't think either one of them have done that yet. CJ more so than Breidenbach, but we're only a third through the season and we, we shall see. I mean, things could develop in that sense, but just imagine um, this team, if, if CJ were um, a little more consistent shooting ball. So, as 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 the weeks kind of tick away here, and once we get past winter break for UNL, definitely going to shift more into Big Ten play. Do you think this team's defensive identity is going to play better in the Big Ten than years past? Well, I, I just think it depends on if they bring it. You know, I mean, I think I think that um, you know the question is what kind of legs does this kind of effort have. Um, and, and, and we'll be, we'll be, will we be seeing them play as hard and, and as effectively on the defensive end throughout the entire winter? Um, and a lot of times that'll be affected by wh- whether you're winning or losing, but I think this team, just in terms of, uh, knowing the personalities, I don't think they're going to take many nights off. So, um, and I think that especially in, in Lincoln at PBA, even though they lost their first conference game at home. Um, I think I think they're going to be a real tough team to beat in Lincoln, and, and tough to play against uh, if you're talking about uh, that kind of defense uh, at PBA. You getting any barbecue while you're down there, Kent and KC? We got barbecue on the way home. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you know you know where from. Well, you know, I've got it written down. But supposedly, Derek Walker says it's the best in Kansas City. So he would know. Yeah, he would. He would know. He would. Good deal. Well, that's good news. Um, hey, I'll have to get. I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah, <laughs> we'd appreciate that. You can bring some by the station, actually. Yeah, Boy, that'd be great. <laughs> Preferred. We're gonna get back. We're gonna get back at one in the one in the morning. I'll so. be here for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker for some good barbecue. <laughs> that's Kent Pavelka. You can hear him. Later today here on KLIN as part of the uh, Huskers Radio Network broadcast, 5 p.m. pregame, 6 o'clock tip-off against Kansas State, our old friends from the Big 12. Uh, KP, thanks a lot for the time, enjoying uh, your calls this season as always, and thanks for joining us here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Thanks, guys. Stay thank, warm. Thank you, Ken. All right, that's Ken Pavelka joining us here. Uh, he's he's my favorite guest of the year. Every Absolutely. Year. Every year. He's the best. It's the best. Can't beat Kent Pavelka. Hopefully we'll get another uh, pump the brakes call <laughs> tonight. Hopefully. I mean, it's just when you're talking about uh, media people in Nebraska and the knowledge of their team, Kent Pavelka probably is number one in terms of knowledge of uh, the basketball team and what he knows and, and how long he's been around them and you know how well he knows the players and coaches. So always, always an honor and pleasure to have him on. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's hit our first break here real quick. Uh, we'll reset. Um, we've got some more hoops. I want to discuss that game and where Nebraska kind of goes between here uh, and Big Ten play. We will not have a show next week, so we're going to set the rest of the that's, New that's, Year's. That's news to me. Yeah, we don't yeah. have a show. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Um, we'll, we'll set you up for uh, the pre-New Year's run for Husker Hoops uh, and plenty, plenty of football news, coaching staff news and rumors, so recruits. Much. Portal activity. Too much, honestly. Don't go anywhere. We've got it all covered. That's Matt McMaster. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Back after this here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Big thanks to Kent Pavelka, who just joined us. The best. If you missed that, head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can follow us on socials at KLIN Huskers. You can see the Facebook Live as well. Um, Nebraska and K-State down in Kansas City. Derek Walker playing in his hometown for the first time as a collegiate athlete. Good for him. Hope, you know, hopefully he goes off. He's having such a great season so far. I mean, right now... I wouldn't say shoe in, but definitely a candidate for a, a first team all Big Ten 
uh, uh, selection and, and playing at a high level. We'll see if he continues to do that. But they've been a completely different team with him yeah. playing. He's he's going to need to maintain that level. I mean, Kent said it best. He's going to need. They're going to need to keep that energy. And, uh, and he's right. He's absolutely. I, I love the insight from him when talking about playing defense in the Big Ten, where he was like, "Well, look, they can be good, and they can and they can go out and play, but it's a it's a taxing in terms of energy style to play consistently night in night out." And you know, he he said that this team isn't one that that's just going to take a day off. How he knows them, but I mean, he's absolutely right. I mean, when you're playing nine guys, ten guys, and you're rotating the, the way that they're rotating and they're playing with such energy. And, and if you go on a back-to-back or three games in, in, in you know, six days or whatever whatever the case may be, I mean, those games definitely do get clumped together once you start getting into late January, February. Uh, it, it's going to be difficult, and th- I think there will be some games, and he didn't say it, but, but I think what I took from that is that they're definitely, and, and what I took from just watching this team, Throughout the season, there are going to be some games where it's like, dang, I w- you know, you wish you had someone who can just go and get a bucket, you know, who can just go and kind of put the team, keep the team afloat while they're struggling because it- it's a team that is predicated on defense and they're very good at doing it. And it's a, it's a style of play that frankly has worked for them thus far. You know, they are six and five, but a couple bumps earlier in the season when they didn't, when they weren't at full strength, uh, but there, there are going to be some offensive struggles for this team. I don't think, and and I, I'm just saying this because I know that we're going to get into football in a little bit, but I, I want to hit on this because we won't be on the air for a little bit. I think there is a path to the NCAA tournament for this team. I really do. I think that when you watch this team play, it, it's it's not one that, I mean, clearly not a shoe in but with their style of play and how they've bought into this defensive identity and how they still have athleticism and talent and guys like Tominaga and Wiltshire who can just go off any given night and, and hit threes like crazy. And you got such a, a, a catalyst like Sam Griesel who can kind of just, he's, he's the pillar of li- or reliability, right, on this team, along with Derek Walker, who... In that Creighton game was and Purdue was he was just getting buckets and just keeping them afloat. They have the pieces and the identity to sneak into the tournament. It's just they they have to they they're going to be rough spots in the Big Ten play where they might not get a bucket for two or three minutes. And it's how do they survive that and how do they they get that and also too it's just they got to be more consistent on offense. But you win. What would you say, Cole? 11 wins and maybe a couple tournament wins potentially? I mean, you have to be Kansas State tonight. I mean, you're getting to the point where non-con games are, are basically a must-win if you're going to make the tournament. Yeah, I, I, I've, had, I've got a little bit of a, the way the schedule breaks down. Okay, give I, it to me. So the, if, if, uh, if Nebraska wins today and then beats Queens University Tuesday, which you would assume they would, that gives Nebraska an 8-5 and five record through the non-conference season. Okay. Uh, at that point, you've got nine. Uh, well, you've got eighteen Big Ten games left. Okay. If you go nine and nine through those, that gives you a nine and eleven overall record. That's that not- gets that gets you one game over five hundred. I'm just set the base. Sure, 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 sure. That gets you one game over five hundred. You're eighteen or you're seventeen and sixteen. Okay. If you do that. So, how how many games do you need to flip? Yeah. In That's order, a, that, in order to sure. get to like, if you end up ten and ten in the Big Ten, is that good enough? No. Do you need to be eleven and nine? I. You're only talking. You're honestly, you're only talking about flipping sure. two, maybe three wins, and and you could have a tournament. I love the way you're putting this out there. By the way, I think this is no. It's a great way of looking at it because nine and nine is nine and nine. I think is a. If you were to nine and nine through the next eighteen games, so yeah, nine, nine and eleven, the Big Ten, eighteen, Big Ten, eighteen. Got 20 I think that's total. the best. I think that's probably the most likely outcome. So yeah, it's how do you how do you flip it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, you definitely can't just go down this list and be like, I mean, we're not going to. This isn't a football schedule. We're going to say win, win, loss, win, win, loss, whatever. I w- I would say so. They're zero and two right now. I think you'd probably have to go twelve and six. To get into the tournament? No. You don't need to have that big of a I think you do. You don't. You don't think 12 wins in the Big Ten? I think it would do it. I think it would. I'm talking about doing it. I, 
you could maybe get there with an 11 and 9. I think you would have to win a couple tournament games for sure. If you were, it if, depends on the matchup. It depends. You can't lose a game you can't lose. But if you end up against like the if you're the 8 seed for instance. Sure. If you're the 8-9 game and you go up against the 1, you know, the 8-9 yeah. team is yeah. the, the, your opponent there's a bubble team and then you're going to lose to the 1 seed. That, yeah. There's no shame in that. No. So uh, that that is you don't think you don't think twelve you think twelve wins is is a no, little I much. It, I, 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 no, I don't think it's a little. I For think sure. I would get it done. I For just sure. don't know that that's the requirement. Okay, yeah, right I, now, I know what you're saying. I know what 11, you're saying. Eleven, eleven of the fourteen Big Ten teams are in the top forty-four. I know. Ken Palm rankings. I know. And then you've got Northwestern and Nebraska, and way the heck down there is Minnesota, which fortunately Nebraska does play twice this year. So that's you're 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 talking about really. Really ramping up uh, the the Fred Hoiberg win total in you Big are. Ten play you in, are. compared to recent history, obviously. Um, but I think they've demonstrated that. I mean, t- you took now number one Purdue to overtime. Yeah, you either make your free throws or don't have a terrible call go against you, and you may win that game outright. Absolutely. So, can you steal one off of an Iowa who's not having as great a year as they would have hoped? Can you steal one off of a Michigan State? Sure. Who Nebraska and it mo- mostly a Tim Miles experience, but you, you've actually done fairly well against Michigan State in, in your uh, Big Ten history. And, and Michigan State was ranked and then did get upset yeah. by Northwestern. I mean, and they've gotten upset by uh, and they. I mean, they upset Kentucky earlier in the year. So Michigan State definitely a, a weird tweener team. But right. I, I think, and this is might be the only time I'll ever say this, but when you're looking at so right now they're six and five. At some point, this won't be true, but I think the quantity of wins is more important than the quality right now when you're looking at the aspect. Because yes. if they go fifteen and fifteen or whatever, or they only they only win eight Big Ten games, you're not gonna really care that if they if it came against an Iowa or an Ohio State or an Illinois, like you won't really care about the quality of those wins because it's just not enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, they gotta they gotta get to I think I think if they get to I think if they get to 17 going into the Big Ten tournament they'll 17 wins I think they'll have a shot I think they'll have a shot Yeah I mean you put yourself in position Yeah you, what you're in I, the high teens in in a power conference Just I mean you look at recent history Absolutely 2018 excluded of course because Yeah Yeah I've all, I've heard all about that Yes yeah. Um. I think they. I I would give it a eighteen percent chance that they make the tournament. That might be a little high. It's a very scientific calculation. I think it's eighteen percent. I think they got. I think. I mean. I I think it's credit to them, honestly, coming into the season, considering how much they lost and how much talent just kind of went to the NBA or out the door in general, graduated. And I think it's honestly this season whether or not they make the tournament. If they go nine and nine through the last eighteen Big Ten games, I think Fred Hoiberg should give himself a pat on the back, you know, because I think he's done a very good job changing the identity of this team. Yeah, well, let's just knock out the rest of the basketball here in this sure. segment. So Nebraska men have K State tonight in Kansas City at six o'clock. In your pregame right here on KLIN starting at five uh, on Tuesday, it's the battle at the vault with yeah. Queens University at six thirty. I'll be there be fun then uh after that it's a break for christmas and the holidays and then you have uh nebraska starting big 10 play in earnest uh, against iowa here in lincoln that's december 29th and then they're at michigan state january 3rd those are their first two big 10 games after the break the women today uh they're looking at wyoming uh that that game's tomorrow at two o'clock that's here in lincoln and then they they host kansas on wednesday yeah six o'clock that'll be awesome and then uh, they have the break for Christmas again. And then they start Big Ten play with number 19, Michigan, December 28th. And then they're at number four, Indiana, on New Year's Day. So That's tough. They've played so many good teams on the road, too. I mean, they can't, they can't catch a break in terms of when they, where they play these teams that are so highly touted. Yeah, women uh, are uh, looking in uh, pretty good shape. They're 8-3. They they're a good team. Uh, and... and have a lot of versatility in the way they can beat teams. They they are athletic. They're athletic, but they're also tall and they're physical. And they, I remember going to the first game of the year when they played Omaha. They had fifty points in the paint, but also hit 
uh, 12 three-pointers or 13 three-pointers. And so it's that's just an indication of they could do it everywhere. They can get in the paint. Uh, they, they can dominate in the paint with Widener and Shelley and Markowski, but they also can hit a lot of threes with Annika Stewart. Kendall Moriarty had three three-pointers in her last game. Um, and even Widener and Shelley as well can hit the mark. I mean, that whole team can hit the three. I mean, they've had a game this year where every single player playing has hit a three. So they're just so versatile, athletic. They're a really good team. It's just on the road, they haven't really been been all that great this year. Suffered a really tough loss to Creighton. Suffered an even worse loss to Virginia Tech on the road. They were able to pick up a big one against Maryland uh, on the road, which was massive for them. But, it, it, I mean, it's been a difficult schedule for them. Yeah, but they've won the games they've needed to win. And it, it's just right now playing at that next level for that women's team. And they have the ability to do it. But they got nine players playing per game now because they're so beat up, especially with the Izzy Bourne injury. And Sam Hybe is suiting up, but she's not playing right now. She's had struggles all year with the injury. They're waiting for Maggie Mendelson to kind of get acclimated with the team and get into more of a basketball shape as opposed to a volleyball shape. So, it, it, I mean, it's it's been not an easy road for this women's team, but they've they've played well. They have. They have. And uh, they will probably continue to do so. Uh, the men, they're trying their best to follow suit as well. Real quick, most important stretch, I think, of the season coming up, coming up in a couple weeks for the men. Yeah. Minnesota, Illinois, Purdue... Then Ohio State. That's that's all. That's from January seventh to January eighteenth, and gotta, early gotta get the one against Minnesota. Got to get the one against Minnesota. But that Illinois, Purdue, Ohio State. That's that's tough. I don't and know that you're winning in West Lafayette after I don't know so close here. I don't know, but that's a, that's a tough stretch, and yes. that's really going to tell you whether or not are they going to going to be competing to get into the tournament. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. That is a tough stretch. Uh, We've got a good stretch coming right now. After the break, we are going to get into Nebraska football recruiting, uh, the staff hires, the staff rumors, uh, a lot to get to. It's a busy football weekend. We're going to talk about it next year on the KLI and Husker Hour. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. If you are a recruit with a lot of speed on the East Coast from the state of Texas... Good chance you're in Lincoln this week. Probably. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I I, I thought, once you said, if you're a recruit, I was just going to jump in and be like, Pro- you're probably in Lincoln. Like, period. End of story. They got a lot of them, which is great. Which is great. Yep. I, I would think that uh, the, the headliner that most folks are aware of, uh, it would be the transfer portal target at quarterback, Malik yes. Hornsby from yes. Arkansas. Uh, big kid and, and would definitely be a dual threat. Um, he would have three years available to play two seasons of eligibility. So potentially could redshirt theoretically with a Casey Thompson sticking around for one year as, as kind of a transition piece uh, and then would have two seasons to play. Potentially. That, that would that would be his that would You player. would definitely have to evaluate. Yeah. Everybody else, you know, with, with Purdy and with, you know, there's still Richard Torres and you still got... <sighs> Uh, Masker, or no, I think Masker's graduated, but then Harburg, you Harburg's still have still Harburg, there. and yep. um, 
Logan no, Smothers. Logan Smothers still there. So it's yeah, in terms of whether or not he'd come and and what you would do with him, I think that's still still in the picture. But look, first off, look, I got a couple statistics for you here. Okay, uh, Cole, bring it. So in, in one calendar year, yeah, uh, Nebraska is allowed to have fifty six uh, official visits. Okay, now you can do like some carryover. So like there were commits from the Frost era that now are still commits for the rule era and like if they come and visit those some of those don't count against official visits because you can get like a carryover type of thing the so new you coach yes exactly you so there's like 62 you get 62 official visits now uh 14 coming in this week after a late ad uh, we'll get to that in a bit 30 so it's going to be about 32 official visits roughly 32 official visits over the last 2 weeks insane they use about just about half of what they're fully required or max allowed to uh in you know a couple days just before a couple weeks before signing day and that's you know so they're only going to have about 30 available for the rest of like the 2024 recruiting class like the 2024 cycle uh for the rest of the year so that's something to watch but look they've I, I think that Rule has quickly been able to identify what is what is wrong and where holes need to be filled on this team. And what I like about it is he's gone and and done these and recruited not only just in the transfer portal this late, but also just high school recruiting. He he's done a little bit of both. Last year it was definitely way more based on transfer portal targets and, and Nebraska winning on the portal to to make quick fixes. This time it's a little mixture of both. And I think what's encouraging is he's seeing his guys and he's getting his guys and he's going out there and doing it. Um and I think that's that's a great strategy, really encouraging. So thirty so about thirty two official visits over the last last week. Um a couple of big targets. You got uh, a Johnny Cornelius, uh, the offensive tackle from Rhode Island, one of the best offensive tackles, uh, one of the top transfer portal targets. Made a visit last week to Lincoln. He's probably their number one target right now. Uh, got an official offer from Ohio State a couple days ago. Making an official visit to Tennessee this week, right before uh, signing day. Everybody wants that guy. Everybody, he's, everybody. He's the guy. He's, he's the guy. He's going to be tough to pull, I think. Absolutely. Um, yeah, some other uh, some other targets sure. for Nebraska that are in town this weekend. So one of them is uh, Ramir Stewart. Yes. Safety out of Philadelphia. Uh, 5'10", 190. So a lot of folks think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to commit or maybe already has committed and, and will be sure. announcing shortly. Um, three-star prospect uh, there there's there definitely is a priority on certain areas of the country and there's priority on certain skill sets he's got speed uh, a lot of these guys that are playing those skill positions and, and those secondary positions it's it's a hey how fast can you run we can teach you the rest yes is, is more or less the philosophy <laughs> yes of matt rule um, so Ramir Stewart's one. Another one to watch uh, is Princewell Uman Milan. Yes, that's a tough one. I I think he did pretty well on that pronunciation. Honestly, he's an edge rusher, six foot four, two fifteen. He's out of the state of Texas, Manor, Texas. Rule was with his family, I think, a, a, a week ago or maybe two weeks ago in Texas, hanging out with them. So does not, he does not surprise me. Yeah, so he was down. He was down there hanging out with them. He's coming up. That's big. I mean, he's a he's a big guy, good edge rusher. Texas love that. Um, you know, I mean, and and have, I think they, they need that. that. They haven't had a guy with that size and length since Randy Gregory. Really, it, really, and and also too, I think what people don't. Not people don't understand, but I think what is a big aspect of recruiting why size and length matter so much is like, okay, so he's six four. He could be a D tackle if you put a lot of weight on him, you know, if you think you have other guys. Like that's why it's just so valuable to get these like a guy like Malachi Coleman, and we'll get to him in a little bit. He's Malachi's so big and so long where you look at him and he could play a bunch of different positions, which I think is kind of what's what's the the biggest factor right now with Coleman and his recruiting. But with with who who you're talking about the DN out of Texas like it's kind of the same thing like he's I think he's valuable and he's a four star because you can really I mean he could even play an outside linebacker position maybe even too if you put more weight on him and I mean there's just a lot of versatility there um back to Hornsby real quick cuz I I didn't touch on it he was going to go to Baylor and and he didn't because Rule went to Carolina 
And there was a great article written by Sean Callahan who talked to Hornsby's, um, to his quarterback coach and his kind of trainer. And that's that's what the trainer said. Is like, look, if if Rule didn't go to Carolina, Malik would be in be at Baylor right now. So definitely, kind of the reconnecting between Hornsby and Rule. And I think that's I think I I would say it's practically a shoe in right now that Hornsby ends up being being a quarterback at at Nebraska. And I think it would be a really great get. But yep. what other targets you got there? Well, so talking a little bit about the recruiting weekend and and what that kind of tells you about how Rule's building this team, I want to get a little bit into what the staff uh, rumors are as well. Sure. There's an interesting thing that I think Mike Schaefer may have broken. Nebraska's going to hire a staff member who is currently, or maybe not currently anymore, uh, a high school coach from the state of Florida. And I also saw that they just extended an offer to a 2024 or 25 prospect from that same high school so hey there's there's plenty of examples of where of of more direct like hey let's hire this basketball player's dad sure to our staff uh but but look if you are targeting certain areas of the country you want to have guys that a are from that area and know the area well so that they can recruit it b Somebody who knows the coaching fraternity in that area, so that you can connect easily and quickly with those coaches uh, to get a to get a hold of those players that you want. And hey, see, why don't you just get somebody who is both was a coach uh, from the area, all, like all of the above. So with with that, with with some of the other hires that they've already made and some that are rumored, uh, you're you're trying to cover as many of the areas that you want to cover as you can. Uh, if you're Matt Rule, so Matt Rule, and, and I, I can't, I don't know, I, I can't find the name, and you can't find it now because whenever you look up Matt Rule hire, it just brings up him being hired at Nebraska. But, yeah. but at Baylor, he did the same thing when he went to Baylor. He hired a high school football coach from Texas, a, a renowned high school tex- football coach in the state of Texas, put him on his staff and kind of used that, that coach as an arm to get more into Texas and build connections in Texas. So it's something that he's done before. I think it's genius. I think it's just a really good way because he understands that being in Nebraska, you don't really have that that ge- ge- geographical reach to the South. You just can't really do it. And now him himself has built a reach to Texas just because of the connections he's had down there and the, his time coaching down there. And he, even at Temple, he was recruiting like crazy in Texas. So he can get to Texas. But hiring that coach in Florida, which produces so many great high school talents, I mean, I think it's it's phenomenal gets him more acclimated to that state, gets him more acclimated to recruits, not only from the school that that guy was hired from, but from other surrounding schools as well. So I think it's I think it's solid. I think it's a great strategy. I just like how he's he's being aggressive. He's being aggressive, and he's not looking into star ratings or anything like that or going after the number one, two, three, four transfer portal targets. He's going after people that he thinks he's going to help is going to help this football team and going to, to, to develop them. Another guy that you kind of, you, you didn't directly say him, but you definitely referred, referred to him, Bryce Turner, a zero star yeah. recruit. I don't know how much football experience he really has. He was going to commit to Nebraska uh, or for track. Yeah. And he is, I think he runs a 10 2 100 meter dash because absolutely crazy speed, blazing speed. Um, and he just said, "Hey, you want to play football at Nebraska?" And they're gonna, like yeah. you said, get the fastest guy teach from the rest. A little, a little Las Vegas Raiders ish, which I don't know how how much I I love that comparison, but it is it is kind of similar. But it, it's a lot of they're bringing in a lot of guys, and I think that the the big thing is is that they know that it's it's difficult to recruit for them right now. It's going to be more difficult for them to recruit now than it will be in, in years just because of the very quick transition. They got into the offices, what, three three weeks ago? For, or like a month ago almost? Yeah, three like, weeks, three like, weeks. And they don't even have a full staff yet. They don't even have a wide receivers coach. They just hired 
a defensive coordinator. They're still looking for a quarterbacks coach. It's just so quick, so rapid. They're just grabbing guys. Like there's not to say that there isn't a system yet, but it definitely isn't as conglomerated and consolidated and consistent as other teams recruiting the same guys that they are recruiting. So it's difficult for them, but they're putting in one heck of an effort. They really are. Yeah, you you definitely see them out and about. That's for sure. All right. Uh, We're going to dig into some of the actual commits that occurred this week. Um, And then Transfer Portal has been uh, a little bit of an experience as well. There's there's a new term that I'm going to come up with. I'm going to debut right now. Go ahead. Reverse portaling. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I know who you're referring to. We're gonna get some reverse portaling going on. Maybe we'll happen again. There's so much happening, soon. dude. I'm not. I don't know how much of a fan I am. With we got to separate these <laughs> things from a media perspective. It's it's crazy. We'll explain when we come back here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Happy New Year. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Nebraska football got four commitments in the span of the last seven days. We'll run those down for you. Uh, Quinton Ives was uh, on Sunday. That was... uh, uh, yeah, I totally six, forgot about that. Six okay, foot, yeah, six foot yeah. three, hundred eighty pound running back. Uh, the the write up in uh, on on twenty four seven sports I saw was quote a touchdown waiting to happen. He scored twenty nine times in nine games his senior year. Uh, that's Quinton Ives. Um, then on Monday there were a pair of commitments. That was sincere. Here's another name. Safiola. Safiola hey, is how you go. say it. Safiola. Yes, I had to say it on a 5 o'clock newscast, so I, I learned how to do it. Safiola. Tell us about Sincere. Cornerback, uh, 6'1", 175, out of IMG Academy. Really good. Um, got some speed. You know, uh, it, it's tough because he's he's long. Um, definitely not like a blazer. Could could definitely you could maybe see him switch into that boundary type of corner, maybe in, even a safety. Even it, it's it's you know cornerback unknown what he'll be just because he doesn't necessarily have that ideal frame necessarily to be a cornerback at the next level. But his athleticism is, is something to to look at. Looking at his film, very athletic guy, really good pickup. You know when you when you play for IMG. You know, it's. Yeah. I mean, how good that high school football team is. You're, you're, you're obviously a good football player, and he is. So, I, I think it was a great pickup for them uh, in this staff early on, and we'll see what position he ends up playing. Yeah, Ives, by the way, from New Jersey. Uh, Kai Wallen is uh, the other yeah. commitment from Monday. He is an edge rusher, uh, junior college uh, from Sacramento, uh, and six foot six, two forty. So definitely big size. Uh, and and uh, was the second commitment on Monday, and then rounding out the week of commitments, there were four of them. Number four was somebody that I think Husker fans are going to remember from the state championship game between Gretna and Westside. He only made five of five field goal attempts, including the game winner from I believe forty-five yards out in Memorial Stadium, so he's already got the, those uprights figured out. That's Tristan Alvano, uh, the kicker from Westside High School. He is in for the 2023 class. So You know, you know you're a good recruit when one regime starts recruiting you, offers you something, and then the next regime makes it a, a a really like pivotal piece could go out and get you, and that's what happened with Alvano. He he had a lot of quotes. There's a lot of different outlets that were able to get uh, some words for him on his commitment, and all he talked about was just the great relationship that he was able to form with Matt Rule's staff, with Rule, with Ed Foley, the new special teams coach. Um, I, I mean, it's a big get when you have. I mean, it's just so important. I feel like kicker the kicking position is so underrated. Like if you can have a, a just a kicker. That you know that once you reach the forty yard line or a little bit within the forty yard line, that you're probably going to walk away with points. It's so valuable because there's nothing worse than when you're at the thirty and you're about to kick a forty seven yard field goal, and you're like, "Man, we just had a nine play drive, but we may not even walk out with points, right?" And, and to have a guy like Alvano kicking behind you who has the potential to be that kind of, you know, guaranteed once across a certain point, you're about to score is so valuable. And he's yeah. he's got the leg and. He's uh, you look at his frame. He, he, you know, definitely a guy that he's gonna he's gonna get stronger. Yeah. He's going to get stronger. 
I mean, yeah. he's a high schooler and he's already hitting 51-yard field goals. So that's pretty pretty good start. Uh, so yeah, start. Husker fans are hoping that they get back to the days of you know the the Alex Henrys and the Brett Mars, so they they aren't worried about. Like you said, wasn't Zerline a kicker here too? Not in Nebraska. Okay, so he's from Lincoln. From from Lincoln, you know. That's what. Okay, was part of the program when it got axed, transferred to Missouri Western. Gotcha. Finished his college career there and uh, is still kicking it in the NFL. Uh, you mentioned how obviously Tristan Alvano was pursued by the previous staff. Yes. And rules staff finished the job. There are a couple other instances where Nebraska is still going after guys that the the previous staff offered. Yeah. One of them is a local guy, one of them not as much. So Mason Goldman, offensive lineman out of Gretna, uh, he is definitely on the radar for Matt Rule and his staff. He's making an official visit this week. He's one of the the guys here this week. You saw that if you follow Matt Rule on social media, especially Twitter, he is dropping these little... Uh, just single screen, you know, love picture. it. Love it. Where, where in the world is Matt Rule? Yeah, is, is what it is. Look, the one for Mason Goldman and and probably a few others visiting uh, there at Gretna High School made it real easy. Just said Gretna Dragons. Boom. Yeah, not not hard. It was a picture of a T-shirt, was it not? Or T-shirt a, or a flag? Yeah, or something. something. Yeah, the, yeah, the logo. So he was see, seeing him there, and then the other that Nebraska is still chasing after is Cameron Lenhart, who is actually a former commit. For Mickey Joseph's staff, yeah, decommitted before the season was over, but Matt Rule's staff has kind of picked that back up and run with it, and and it looks like they may be in the driver's seat to land his commitment again. Len- Lenhart committed when Frost was coaching. He was actually the la- one of the last commitments when Frost was the head coach, and then he was one of the only ones that decommitted once Frost got fired. Yeah, I think that's right. And then we talked to. Um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. The we talked to a recruiting guy maybe a month ago. Um, Nate Klaus. Yes, Nate Klaus. Yeah. That was great. I'm so I feel so bad. I forgot his name. That was an awesome interview. Our friend from inside Nebraska. Exactly. We talked to him, and he said that he's probably he thought that he probably would come back to Nebraska. Yeah. So it's been this kind of a little like cat and mouse, you know. Is Lenhart going to recommit? Is he not? He's kind of always been in the picture, but no one knows. Lenhart, I mean, that's another IMG guy. Freak. Yes, another Freak. IMG. I so mean, he, really good. Really he, eye-popping. He actually was one of those guys you mentioned who did the official visit under yes. the previous staff. He was here in June uh, and was here last weekend as part of that group. Uh, of the double digit group that that came through last weekend, Lenhart six foot two, two thirty, originally from New York, but he is down there at IMG Academy. Just so. a strong guy. Yeah, he's just a, strong. And he's a four star prospect. Yeah, um, according that'd to be a big group. get. That would be a massive, massive get uh, uh, for them if they were able to have him recommit. He may have been one of, if not the highest rated commits of the class when he was I- in the boat. I think when he officially committed, he might have been, and then yeah. when when Malachi committed, I think Malachi well, was certainly was, Malachi was rated Coleman, yes. higher than him. But yeah, that was that was short lived. Yeah, yep. So that that gives you a quick rundown of of the commitments. Uh, now, in terms of the transfer portal, there have been obviously a few Husker players that have hit the portal, and Nebraska's staff is is looking at quite a few to bring into the Nebraska uh, roster. So some of the guys you're probably familiar with who have left the program. Uh, however, there's there's one that's already entered his name into the portal and now retracted it, and that is edge rusher Jamari Butler. Yes. He was in the portal. About two days later, he decided, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it out here. So Matt Rule's still looking to kind of live up to what he said when he was hired is he came here to coach these players. They didn't sure. sign up to play for him, but he signed up to coach them. I there's no like I really don't hope I really hope that no one holds it against some of these guys who are entering the portal and then going to come back to Nebraska because I think that there are going to be a couple more nothing confirmed full rumors but I think the coldest Crawford there have been rumors that that's kind of been the similar situation he went in the portal he might come back Kamonte Grimes um, as well as well so I don't think there's anything wrong with that he's looking at his options you get to see your options and sometimes you find out that. The interest may not be as high. I mean, look, there's over a thousand guys in the transfer portal. I mean, there's just so much action going on that it's so hard for teams to even. I mean, there's there's no way that teams are looking at every single guy that enters the portal, right? So it's just it, it's 
really a, a hit or miss thing in terms of offers and opportunities that players get once they enter. And it's definitely transfer portal used to be a thing once a, because of the lack of people in it and the lack of popularity of it. Once you enter it, you were probably there was a higher chance you're going to get a quality offer or maybe even an equal offer, especially with grad transfers. Now it's just with the mass quantity of players, it's it's so tough to know your value. Yeah. Jamari entered. And obviously, you know, not, you know, very valuable player for the Huskers, obviously said, you know what, better off being Nebraska. Yeah, and and I think you're going to see, like you said, maybe some guys maybe pull back, and, and not just in Nebraska, but other places too. There have been plenty of stories that have come out where... Fifty some percent. I, I think it. I think it. Last year it was like forty percent. It yeah. was like end up going 40%. somewhere new. Yeah. Well, yeah, but about fifty percent don't go anywhere. Yeah. Like they just they're done playing college football at that. Oh, point. really? Or they drop down a level. Oh. Like they I did don't not get know back into an FB at an FPS. Oh, level. that's that's rough. Yeah. So they're. The portal is not all it's cracked up to be, but no. power, more power to the players. They can determine their own destiny sure. and their own worth. So, All right, we're back with more to uh, wrap up after this. We'll get you set for the holiday stretch of Nebraska basketball games and what's next for Husker Sports after all of that uh, next year on the KLI and Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Another name to watch in recruiting. Maybe the name that has been this cycle's dominant force is Malachi Coleman. Absolutely. The Lincoln East. Athlete, wide receiver, some something. Some folks something. want and to I, play defense, and I think I think that's the 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 big conversation right now yeah. is that. So he he was supposed to make an official visit to Michigan. He announced on Twitter that he's no longer going to Michigan. He's going to go and visit Colorado. Coach Prime. Coach Prime. Uh, little interesting tidbit here. He had an offer from Jackson State. Never made an official visit. May, okay. Never made an unofficial visit, but had an offer from Jackson State. Um, and I, nothing ever followed through there, but Deion Sanders obviously has had his eyes on Malachi Coleman and now in the, in, you know, closer to Coleman than what he was when he was in Jackson State, yeah. able to flip Coleman. Cause that was, well, Malachi announced that he was decommitting. One of the very first announcements that came out was he was going to take a official visit to Michigan. Now, take an official visit to Colorado. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. I don't think anyone really, there's not a set, um, position for him. I don't think anyone really knows where he's going to end up yeah. playing, and I think that's yeah. a big thing for him. Another one to watch, this is a 2024, uh, Dylan Riola has now pulled down his commitment I video to Ohio State. Ohio State took a 2023 quarterback, flipped him from Washington. Maybe he was told they weren't taking a 2023 quarterback. Maybe one to watch. Nebraska still has a Riola on the staff. It's And, and they offered his little brother, too. It's true. Hey, uh, RIP Mike Leach. Um, Husker Hoops later today at 6 o'clock in Kansas City against K-State. Your pregame right here on KLIN at 5 o'clock. Women in action tomorrow against Wyoming at 2. And B-1073. That's right. Merry Christmas.